What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey everybody, I'm Zach. And I'm Jesse. And you're watching In Depth. On Now You Know. So we're going to be talking about everything to do with Tesla's Q3 earnings call. But first, let's tell you that we're sponsored by EcoWare. If you want to find this shirt, you can get it at EcoWare.us. That's so cool. And mine is so cool. Just in time for like, this is very Halloween-ish. Yes. Mars, you know, get yeah. it? Yeah. So head on over to EcoWare. You're going to find great gifts. We have a promotion going on, remember? It's uh, Early Bird. That gives you 10% off everything on the store. And that's great for those people who want to get their holiday shopping out of the way because... Uh, it's the perfect place to get everything carbon negative. We plant 10 trees and we help cap a well for every purchase. And we carbon offset the shipping, the manufacturing, and the life cycle of every shirt. The life cycle is you wearing it, yep. washing it, and throwing it away. We carbon offset all of that. So it's like no one can nitpick on that one because we <laughs> did our homework on that. This episode is sponsored by Keeps. Keeps is a subscription service that makes it easier and more affordable for men to treat their male pattern baldness online. Did you know that two out of three guys will experience some form of male pattern baldness by the time they're 35? Hey, I'm living proof of that. The best way to prevent hair loss is to do something about it while you still have your hair left. With Keeps, a licensed doctor will review your information online and recommend the right hair loss treatment plan for you. Then your treatment is shipped right to your door every three months. Keeps offers generic versions of the FDA-approved medications for hair loss, which makes it more affordable. Find out why Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors and why hundreds of thousands of men trust Keeps for their hair loss prevention. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash now you know, or click on the link in the description to receive 50% off your first order. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash now you know. And we're brought to you by A Better Route Planner. If you need to plan a trip in an electric car, A Better Route Planner will let you do it with waypoints. And there's so many cool features they have. You can use it with CarPlay and Android Auto. It has real-time traffic and traffic rerouting. And there's full driving instructions. So click the link below for a free 30-day free trial to A Better Route Planner Premium. All right, let's dig into the Tesla Q3 earnings report. It was a record quarter. Best ever net income of $1.6 billion dollars gap whatever oh. oh you don't like numbers no 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 it's just you know 
Tesla, they're always they're always having record quarters. I'm you, used you, to it now. I know, but just go back a couple of years ago when we were like, <laughs> this is like SpaceX landings. You know, right. at first we were like, wow, can't, can't be done. And then when it happened, we we're like, it's amazing. They're making, you know, now they're making a profit. And now now we're like, yeah, another quarter of profitability. Of course. What what else would you have expected? Right. Well, and it is kind of like with SpaceX where now it's like, well, can't you do like a loop de loop before you <laughs> land on the drone ship? And it's kind of like that now where it's like, well, can't you have best ever? And now it is best ever. Mm-hmm. So we got best ever operating profit of two billion dollars. That means a 14.6% operating margin in Q3. And if you're like, again, like Jesse, like, oh, it's those numbers. 14.6% operating margin means that they're making tremendous profit on everything they sell. Mm-hmm. Best ever gross profit of $3.6 billion. That's up 77% year over year. I think even the most jaded of us can understand that anything that's up 77% year over year is incredible. Yeah. And this was a company that just a couple years ago, everyone was going like, well, they're going out of business. You know, this is essentially a broken growth story. Tesla is essentially a busted growth story. Essentially, we see Tesla as a busted growth story. It's a busted growth story. And I mean, uh, he's kind of right because uh, Tesla appears to have hacked the system because this is broken. This is like broken in a good way. This is a working growth story. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, I hear you with the Fudsters because at this point, a lot of them would have been saying, yeah, but this is because Tesla gets these regulatory credits, basically free money from the government. Well, hang on there, bucko. Automotive credits, and this is the money that other car makers like Stellantis pay Tesla because they don't make clean enough cars. Those automotive credits are down this quarter to $279 million, which is down 30% year over year. There you go. Exactly. There you go. There you have it. Tesla's going out of business because they were relying on the regulatory credits, right? That's the right. That's the whole point here. Do you get the gist? Even with less money coming in from the credits, Tesla is making record profits. So, so yeah, they were super valuable for a few quarters there. But even if they disappeared now, it doesn't matter. Because look at this. Total revenues are up. Total revenues are up 57% year over year to $13.7 billion for Q3. I just love this chart. I would like this chart to just hang on my wall. And speaking of charts, most of the charts you're going to see tonight are from hypercharts.co. That is where you should go to get your information on Tesla. So quickly updated. I mean, I I love their charts. They make so much sense. So easy to dial in and get what you need. But if you want to talk margins, we just said that there's 14.6% operating margins. That's up 534 basis points year over year. But automotive margins, that's how much they make on a car, is 30.5%. Now, again, if you don't know much about the car business, you might be like, so what? Most car makers can barely eke a 5 or 10% margin out. I'd love to like go back historically and find a car company that made that margin. It, they might there may never have been a, a yeah, single manufacturer that ever I mean, made that margin. maybe some high-end you like know a lamborghini maybe or right I, I that could know. be i mean but this is the highest margin ever for tesla and i mean look at the trend and it's going up keep in mind that the trend was going up when they weren't selling model s's or x's too right yeah because if you've been asleep for a few quarters uh model s and x has been refreshed and they haven't really started to turn them out yet so this is all with the model 3 and the model y yep. and i just love this chart too i mean blue is your revenue yellow is your gross profits and red is your operating income and they're all positive for quarter after quarter it's insane net income positive again record quarter after quarter i mean just go back 
to 2020 quarter one, where they just eked out a profit. And all the Fudsters like, see, they could barely make a profit and they tried as hard as they could. So what's going to lie ahead? Mm -hmm. This is what lies ahead. All right, let's take a look at Tesla's cash in the bank. Uh, they have $16.1 billion in the bank this quarter versus $16.2 billion last quarter. And you might be like, oh, no. They're losing money because I know what that's like in my own bank account when it goes down. But are you in your life building out factories? Because <laughs> right. they are. I want Tesla to spend cash. Yeah. I don't want Tesla to be holding on to cash. You might be saying, Jesse, what are you talking about? Uh, here's why. Tesla's return on invested capital is at an all-time high right now. 29%. So for every dollar that Tesla spends in capital expenditures, they magically turn into... An extra 29 cents. Yeah, $1.29. And this quarter, they spent nearly $2 billion. Thank you, Tesla. That's the right move. Because what does $2 billion equivalent to once you multiply it by an extra 29%? You're getting an extra $600 million for that $2 billion that they just invested in their capital. Exactly. And Great. Let's pull out this little sentence that was hiding there, which says, cash. We have sufficient liquidity to fund our product roadmap, long-term capacity expansion plans, and other expenses. In other words, we got enough money in the bank. Right. They aren't going to have to do any capital raises or, no. or weird kind of scary loans or bonds or anything like that. This means uh, Tesla's self-funding itself. Yes. Exciting. Amazing. The, again, two years ago, three years ago, this was not part of the story. People were like, well, how much money are you going to need to raise? Now they're not saying that. Yep. Let's turn to solar for a second because it's, you know, often gets overlooked by the sexy car division, but they do uh, sell solar roofs and they do sell solar panels. How's they doing? Uh, this was another middling quarter. They sold 83 megawatts of solar. Uh, this is down a bit from Q2, but it is up 46% year over year. I mean, keep in mind that Tesla had a year or two there where solar deployment was down quite a bit. And remember that they pulled everyone from the solar division working on solar roof to go work on the Model 3. And so they've been, they kind of put themselves in a two-year backlog. Mm -hmm. All right, let's talk about Tesla's storage. All right, so we're talking about batteries here, grid-tied batteries. They installed 1.3 gigawatt hours this quarter, and that's up a bit from last quarter and up a whopping 71% year over year. And that chart looks a little bit different historically. They haven't really installed that much battery capacity long-term. It's really been ramping up. And the Megapack factory, which no one was expecting, uh, just was completed in, yep. in Lathrop, California. So they're going to be pumping those out. So I'm expecting good things uh, for battery storage going forward. But really impressive what they've been able to uh, put out there. Now, this is an interesting chart that was in the update letter. Um, and we haven't seen this chart before, I don't think. This is market share of Tesla vehicles by region for the trailing 12 months. And uh, let's just look at the blue line. That's US and Canada. That's not 1.9% market share of EVs. That's 1.9% market share for all automobiles. Right. Now, and you might still be saying 1.9% market share, except look at that chart. That's the beginning of a... S-curve. S-curve. And this is the tiniest little beginning of the S-curve. Obviously, we know that it can go to 100. So take that chart, squash it down, and it doesn't even look like anything. And you might be saying, well, that's bad. No, because it's on an S-curve. Thank you. Yes. So that means that we are just at the very beginning and we're already seeing great profit. So this is the exciting part of the S because for the longest time, like from 2015, this is the boring part when you draw an S. Now we're right here where the S starts to make this 
step change. Step change. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be exciting to watch. Yeah. All right. But let's get to the earnings call itself. There was uh, no Elon. And that's the first time we've had in for what forever that Elon wasn't on the earnings call. It was Zachary Kirkhorn who's the CFO. It was Drew Baglino who's the VP of engineering and Lars Moravi, VP from Tesla. So they were on the call answering the questions and the opening remarks instead of Elon doing it now was Zachary Kirkhorn, the CFO. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know, any interesting points here for you? Yeah, I mean, they've uh, doubled deliveries year to date, which is uh, super amazing. Uh, (laughs) And that's during the global supply chain problems that they talked about. Like every other car company, if you haven't noticed, if you go buy a Lincoln Navigator right now, they're not going to sell it to you with Super Cruise because they don't have the chips. (laughs) On top of that, they have backlogs growing. Yeah. Um, and we've been seeing that if you go to the Tesla order page right now, you'll see that the backlog is growing of people who want a car. Uh, so those two things really stood out to me. What about you? Um, the fact that they retired one point eight billion dollars in high interest debt this mm-hmm. quarter. I mean, you wondered why their cash didn't go up. That's because they're paying down debt. But yet they paid down two billion dollars in debt and it didn't go down by two billion dollars. Like, right. That's amazing. Um, And just the other part that gets missed a lot, which is that they're continuing to say this. Tesla has a growth rate goal of 50%. That's incredible. And they have exceeded it this Mm -hmm. quarter. Then we move on to the say.com questions. Uh, They did it a little bit differently this time. Uh, Normally they break it up. You know, they have the retail questions and then the institutional uh, questions. They had them just based off of, I believe, Votes. The, the shares or the votes, yeah. I love this because there was a lot of great questions here, and yep. it makes sense. We're all pretty smart, and we voted up the good questions. Yeah. So let's start with the first one. Yeah. Um, it was asked, when will we see 4680 cells in the cars? Uh, Drew said early next year, um, and that the testing has been going well. Great. Great. Uh, do you still expect the $25,000 model in 2023? Very interesting answer here. Uh, they said that they didn't want to produce the Model 2. I'm going to call it the Model 2. <laughs> The, the, you know, $25,000 car when there's still high demand for the Model Y. Yeah, this was really interesting to me. It sounded like to me that there's no big push to get the $25,000 model going because they're like, hey, we got so much demand for this and we got Cybertruck coming next year. So right. it did sound to me like they're going to push this off a year or two. I, I don't know if that's yeah. true, but they did not say like, oh, don't worry, it's coming out in 2023. Well, why would you shoot yourself in the foot? Like, why right. would you like... Yes, there's the mission of getting everyone into those cars. Um, but as we go forward, used Model 3s, I mean, mine's like 2018. I, I, no, I and, I, and I hear you screaming. And I mean, yeah, I want the Model 2s as much as you do. I think it's great to get more and more people into Teslas. But don't forget, they are production limited. So if when you're production limited, producing a car that has to be even more mass produced mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily make sense. So let's just get ourselves re- ready. Let's steal ourselves for the fact that it may not be 2023. Right. The next question was how quickly can FSD versions be pushed out? Yeah, I guess the idea here is that, you know, we can't wait two weeks for a new version. Could it be daily? And Drew basically said, we have the data, but Dojo needs to process it. And so realistically, it would need to be set up for faster iterations. And daily is not a realistic time frame for now. Uh, we're looking at probably still every two weeks before we get new iterations which I think is fine. Yeah. There was a question. What is Tesla's goal for vehicle production capacity for the four current factories? Uh, Fremont, spelled incorrectly, Shanghai, Austin, and Berlin by 2024. Stuart, there's a point off for you. Uh, Zachary Kirkhorn said that they, again, are 
planning on growing an average of 50% per year. So he said, extrapolate that out. So thank you. Yes, we'll all just take that 50% and extrapolate it. But he said, we produced 430,000 cars in the past 12 months at Fremont. We're targeting another 50% growth this year. And that's a difficult goal. At Shanghai, they're pushing their boundaries. The Model Y will continue to ramp there. And so basically what he's saying is, they're going to be pushing as hard as they can to get this ramp. And it was a non-answer, except for the fact that he said that you can pretty much extrapolate the 50%, that they still plan to surpass 20 million cars a year eventually. So, I mean, yeah, that's it's going to take a few years, but I think we can just draw the curve ourselves. Right. And another point that I liked was that he said that they bought places, not Fremont, uh, but the other gigafactories where there's land available nearby right. where they can expand production. Uh, I don't think that a lot of people are thinking about that because they're so focused on, you know, getting, uh, you know, gigafactory, you know, uh, Texas built. What does that mean when it's fully built? It's yeah. not going to be done. Just like when we saw Shanghai. Exactly. Everyone was like, okay, it's built, right? There's more building. Why is more building going on? And it kept, you know, being built, even though we already thought that it was done because they're expanding operations there. Yep. There was a question about NHTSA stuff and FSD. Um, basically, they didn't really have an answer. They were just like, we are going to cooperate with NHTSA. Of course, they said that this is an earnings call. So... I don't know. Not very important in my mind. Right. But Zachary did make a good point. He said the automotive industry is going through a transition where vehicles are going from being dumb to being these smart computers on wheels and regulatory bodies are interested in learning more. Now, that was a nice way of putting it. I don't think they are interested in learning more, but I think he was saying they should be interested in learning more. They're going to be learning more <laughs> kicking and screaming right. uh, brought into the 21st century. Okay, here's an interesting question from Mark. Service remains an issue with appointments available weeks or even months out. Likewise, supercharger wait times have become untenable at some locations. What concrete steps is Tesla taking to improve the customer experience in these two key areas? So first question that I have about this question, and I don't know, uh, I'm actually going to ask our viewers here, uh, have supercharger waits been getting longer? I know that at certain locations, for sure, like, you know. Yes. Santa Monica. Santa Monica, you know, and and Palo Alto. I, I understand. Other places, I'm just wondering. No, it's a good point. I mean, if you're in kind of just a random spot in the world, it seems like it's pretty good. It's usually pretty good. However, when we're talking about service, I completely 100% agree with Mark. Well, so your point about uh, superchargers, Drew did say average congestion has decreased over the past 18 months and they've doubled the network over the past 18 months and they plan to 3x the supercharger network in the next two years. So that's awesome. Plus the fact that faster chargers equals more capacity. So that's good news. But yeah, let's go to service. So first, before I get into their answer, I want to look at the actual data that is on their sheet. Superchargers increased about 50% mm -hmm. year over year. Deliveries increased, I believe it was like 75%, somewhere around that right. territory. Uh, so that shows that superchargers can keep up pretty much. However, service center locations have only grown 35% uh, and mobile grew a further 40%. So those are the mobile rangers. Right. That's not... I don't think that that's enough. I agree. I mean, from what we've heard anecdotally from you guys and from our own experiences, uh, there's long wait times. And so Zachary answered why that is. Uh, he said, first of all, there was a lot of demand being put off from the beginning of COVID. And I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, I guess it could be true if, if you're worried about COVID and you're like, well, I won't be driving much during COVID. I'll just put it off. 
Maybe that's true. So maybe there was like this uh, pent up demand. He said that sourcing parts has become more difficult. Mm -hmm. So maybe you give him a little bit of a pass on that. Mm -hmm. He said there's been challenges in the labor market. We've seen that at our local service centers where they're like down a couple techs. So I'll give him that too. But you're right. I mean, if you're growing the number of cars, you got to grow the number of service centers. Now, he did say that they're improving their initial quality of vehicles. So, I mean, I get it. If your cars are coming off the line perfect, then you may not need to fi you know, fix them as soon. But I think you need to increase the number of service centers or the number of service center bays or something because you can't just say that, oh, mobile service can cover 90% of everything. Comment down below. If you have a Tesla, do you think mobile service can cover 90% of the problems you have with your car? I wish it could happen, but I feel like so many things that I see people need just can't be done by a mobile ranger. Or I put it in the app and they're like, we'll contact you if you need a mobile ranger. And it's like nothing to do with, you know, anything that you need to lift the car for. And they still have me bring it in. So right. I don't know. Maybe it's just busy. There's one part about his answer that I didn't like. Mm -hmm. um, and they, it's something that Tesla says a lot. And it's very, very... Silicon Valley. It's the best service is no service. That doesn't even <laughs> sound good, right? Oh, the best service is having no service. It's like that. if that was a cell phone plan, you wouldn't want to hear that either. And you know what? For things that aren't cars, I get it. Like if you make a phone, hopefully as long as I don't drop it, it shouldn't break. But cars are out in the real world being beat up every day. Right. And They're so going to need service. Right, potholes and so forth. You and, need service. And I think the best service is really good service. Yes. That's kind of the answer to the question, what's the best service? Right. I don't like this no service thing. It ends up with, you know, you have to text your service center. It's like, no, I want to I want to talk on the phone. I, I want to tell I them about my agree. problem. A lot of people are just upset because, you know, they aren't very good at communicating through text. Yeah, text I, is not a good way to communicate with people who are upset. I totally agree. I don't think the techs themselves, the technicians need to have better communication, but the customer service representative, those people should be trained on being good on the phone. And I think this is where phones are really I mean, Elon's talked about this a lot. Trying to get information through like your thumbs is slow. You can speak a lot of words in a few seconds right. and that's really important. And yet they don't want to talk to you on the phone. Well, they don't want to do any of this because it means that you need to type a person who's doing that. Look, I get why Tesla wants to do this. There was a time, especially when deliveries started to really pick up, where being able to send out texts, mass texts was like super helpful. And so robots were sending those texts and humans didn't even really have to be in the loop. And so you're able to increase throughput with, with people uh, because of just the number of people you have to deal with. However, when someone has a problem with their car, they're going to want to talk about it. Have yeah. you ever noticed that? So that's where I think that there's a little bit of a cultural shift that's going to need to happen with Tesla service, where I think a lot of problems go away if they can be talked through and understood. Exactly. And, and instead of going like, I want this thing replaced, you go, oh, no, it sounds like you need to use a different this you need to do something that's a little bit different that or you shouldn't be doing x y or z um because otherwise you're gonna have upset customers and yep. upset customers just want to hurt the company that's right. that's not a good relationship let's move on uh shallon asked how has fsd take rate changed since the introduction of monthly subscriptions are there any plans to increase fsd pricing as wider release becomes imminent zach kirkhorn chimed in he said that they first of all would not be providing any forward-looking pricing in the near term, because obviously you you can't do that. Right. That's not how pricing works uh, in this case. Then he went on to say that basically the take rate right now is not relevant. 
And it makes yeah. a lot of sense. Almost everything about FSD is not relevant right now because it's not done. Yeah. So he was like, uh, none of the things we've learned so far with FSD are relevant to anything. Which means that the take rate for FSD doesn't mean anything because you can't. So what if you take FSD, you don't have it. So right. Tesla can't actually take the money. Nope. It's stuck in escrow for them. People don't really want to pay that money because right. they're not going to get anything and they have to wait. So right. it's all irrelevant. And I think Zach was completely right. Brendan asks, can Tesla allow for full self-driving to be transferred to another vehicle at a fee? And this is something that everyone has been asking about because if you buy a Tesla and then you move up to another Tesla, you're worried that you might lose your full self-driving that you paid for that you really never got. And Zachary gave an answer that I it was another Silicon Valley answer, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, I don't know, it was a little worse than that. Uh, he said that, you know, oh, I don't think that this is widely known. If you trade your your Tesla into Tesla, uh, we pay a higher price for cars with full self-driving uh, in order to repurchase full self-driving. Uh, yeah, and he said that we hear this feedback quite a lot, but we don't call it out explicitly. And I'm like, either you are dumb for not calling that out or you're not telling the truth. I just, I don't know. I don't know if this is true. I, I feel like they may be giving you a little something extra, but they're not repurchasing full self-driving. If you paid, say, $10,000, I don't think they're going to give you $10,000 on top of the price of the car. Right. I have not heard that from anyone. No, I haven't heard that from anyone either. And so this is like... And it's not like you wore it out. It's not like, well, your FSD <laughs> looks a little worn in. So we're going to take a few grand off. Right. No. It's software. Yeah, it is software. And a lot of people are, are getting upset about this. It's making its way up into the say questions. They originally didn't even want to get to these say yes. questions. They had a trouble. They had some trouble with their call and the analysts, of course, because they're oh, you mean the, the mute button? <laughs> they couldn't figure out where the mute Where's button was. Where's the mute button? Uh, so uh, they had to go back to the say questions. This question wasn't going to get answered. That's true. Uh, because they wanted to move on to the to the analysts. That's a really good point. Uh, this was not going to be answered, and he hadn't really prepared an answer. Right. I want. I call. I call foul on this one. I, I do too. I think that this is a case-by-case case basis. I think if you make a stink, they add a few grand onto your repurchase. Right. But first of all, the whole point but, was but that wait you a minute. What if, But what if you don't sell it back to Tesla? If I sell my car to you, right? do you get the full self-driving? No, you have to go purchase it again. It, he didn't talk about that. It depends. It's very complicated and it shouldn't be no. complicated. You it bought be, something, it should be clear. It should what be the, very clear yeah. cut. It should be transferred like a software license like you do with anything. Right. Uh, so I think that we should all keep banging that drum because eventually I think that Tesla is going to be forced to address it because we're at the very beginning of this. There's a very few number of people who actually have full self-driving uh, licenses uh, that they bought with real money that are disappearing when they go to sell them. So I think keep banging that drum. We're going to solve this problem. Eventually, they're going to be forced to to deal with it. I hope so. Stephanie asked what a lot of people are thinking. Elon said we'd get an update on Cybertruck in November a year ago, but it hasn't happened. And we know there are lots of updates. When will you show off the new and improved Cybertruck? Um, so Lars gave us a little, some little tidbits, stuff that we pretty much already knew. Uh, they've built a number of alphas, mm -hmm. so it's that's cool. Uh, he confirmed that there is going to be rear steering uh, and that there's going to be a lot of other smaller, less visible improvements. Yeah, they're at the beta stage now, and the launch will happen late next year, they said. Great. 
So. And don't forget, launch late le- next year doesn't mean deliveries. It means they're going to be launching production, working out safety issues. So we're talking 2023 before we start seeing our Cybertruck. All right. So I wasn't expecting to get such an answer out of this question from Pierre Farragou from New Street Research. He asked about the new rollout of Tesla insurance in Texas. Um, and he asked about the uptake and the safety scores and stuff like that. What did Zach say? Zach said that he's extremely passionate about Tesla insurance. Uh, and, and I'm he- not. Uh, this Zach is not. <laughs> but for some reason, uh, Zachary Kirkhorn is extremely passionate about insurance. Which is, uh, should be an oxymoron, <laughs> but uh, we'll go with it. Um, he said that they're, he's pretty excited so far. He talks sort of about the history of Tesla insurance and why they're getting into it. It's basically because um, in some places um, and some insurance companies, they don't know how to insure a Tesla for some reason. And they and, charge you a lot. And they charge you a lot. And he's absolutely right about that. And Tesla's mission is obviously to get as many people into Teslas as possible, both from a business point of view, but also because they want to accelerate adoption for EVs. He put it this way, which I thought was really interesting. If they could get the price down on a car or even components on a car uh, by $5, that they would spend a lot of effort to try and do that. So if you can get $5 a month off of your monthly payment, which Mm. is essentially, you know, you could think of your monthly payment to pay for the car, but then there's also your insurance payment. If you can take $20 off of that, and then multiply it by the number of months that you're going to have the car, that's essentially, it's taking dollars off the price of the car, which is very cool. And it makes it more affordable. And then he went on to say that traditional insurance companies have very traditional tools that they use to try and figure out what you should pay, like age or marital status. Um, And he said that most low risk people overpay for the riskier drivers and that that doesn't seem fair. And I'm totally with Zach Kirkhorn up to this point. (laughs) I am 100% yes, that all sounds correct to me. Oh, so when he starts talking about the safety beta score. I don't want to keep, I don't want to make it sound like I'm whining or complaining. I'm just saying that they're, are improvements that should happen and i don't like the things that he says in his answer here um he says that uh, you know tesla has billions of miles of driving history they've created a model to predict a collision over a period of time uh but that of course their model isn't perfect but that their model works pretty well so far so uh, that model is the safety beta. Right. Now, he says there's about 150,000 cars using it right now with 100 million miles of driving on it. And they've learned two things. The probability of a collision is 30% lower when using safety score beta. So just to that sounds like it's a that sounds like it's great data. I don't think that's good data at all. You've basically taken a bunch of people said, hey, do you want this thing that you paid for? Dingle, dangle, dingle. I, I understand. Yes, it's a beta. Yes, they paid for it and the, this isn't the thing. However, that's how most people feel about it. And they said, there's a beta. Here's the things you have to do. And he's saying that basically it's 30% safer for those people. And we're talking about like the past two weeks. Yeah, but the, I mean, he said they have 150,000 cars using it. You're right. And he says that they have 100 million miles of driving data. That's a lot of data. That's cool. But I think you're right. Those people have been really focusing on being super safe these past few weeks. Right. More so than I think they normally would have. Uh, More so than I think someone with Tesla insurance would be. Because they're not just getting a slightly better insurance premium. They want something that is worth to them at least $10,000. Right. So I don't think that this is an accurate statement. I don't think that that data is very good. 
Shots fired. We'll have to find out. That's. Uh, but the good thing is Texas is the first state they launched it in, and their goal is to be in every major market that they have cars in. The problem is, of course, that every state has their own regulations, and it's just really regulation nightmare. And the- then... Kind of like always, the uh, questions from, from the boneheads f- were boneheaded questions. <laughs> I mean, the say questions, first of all, they're concise and what we all want to know. Yep. Then these questions come up where they're just like, what are you talking? I can't right. even, I don't even know what your question was. Want, oh, tell me more about margins. Where and, do you know? And you know what? I don't want to bore you with them because they were pretty much worthless and the answers were pretty worthless. Yep. So I think the say questions are awesome. Yep. And I don't, I mean, I, I know this is funny to say this. I didn't really miss Elon. Like, I, I love having him on there. I love hearing what he has to say. But the fact that his team did such a good job covering it this time, I mean, I'm, I was really happy. Now, I hope to have him back, but he's busy. Um, maybe he's out there, you know, working on Cybertruck or something. I hope he was taking the night off. I hope so, too. Um, but I did miss Elon. I, I missed he 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 usually brings it back to the mission. Uh, for a lot of different questions. Uh, and I think that the team did a good job, especially, you know, when they're talking about insurance. That was kind of cool how they brought it back to the mm-hmm. mission. They want to get people in the cars. But yeah, I, I missed Elon's just robotic like <laughs> drive towards uh, the future that he can see very clearly, obviously. Um, but overall, great quarter. Yeah. Another great, boring, simple, profitable quarter. Hey, if you made it to the end of the show, I'd like to know this. Comment down below. What do you wish Elon was doing with his time? I mean, he mm. had an hour. Yeah. Was he was it watching Westworld? Was it was uh, he listening to the right. earnings call? Was what do you, he, what do you he hope he was doing? A game? Right. Was he playing with his his baby son? Right. I yeah. Put to, put the comments down below. I want to. I do want to know what you want. Also, hit the like button. Uh, I don't know if you know this, but you know, it's like nine o'clock at night. Zach and I have just. <laughs> listen to the earnings call. We wrote an entire in-depth about it and we recorded it. And then we're about to take the cards, this is in the past, take the card out of the camera, put it into uh, a computer, and then over the magic of the internet, one of our editors is gonna start working on it late last night for you. So that way, today, you're gonna have this in-depth. So uh, leave a like button for Brent, Thank you, Brent, for, for working on this. And, you know, if we were editing it, there'd be no pictures. There'd be no charts in this episode. It'd be, exactly. It'd be Jesse and I making all the gaffes and goofs that we've done, and it would be horrible. It wouldn't. It, we would have a bunch of ums and a bunch of times where I completely messed up numbers, <laughs> and I told you that they were profitable by $4 trillion, which was not true. Uh, so, yeah, thank you to our editors. And thank uh, you to you and our patrons, you. because yeah. you're the ones who make the show possible. So thank you so much. We'll see you next week. Go buy a shirt. <laughs> now you know. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.